Welcome to Northern Business Leaders in association with the professional services firm Deloitte. Today we're visiting a Yorkshire business that sees itself as the guardian of a great British icon, the Land Rover Defender, which ceased production in January 2016. Twisted re-engineers Land Rover Defenders, delivering the best in performance and comfort you could possibly imagine. Its founder is Charles Fawcett. Let's find out how he got the business going. Charles Fawcett, this is a hell of a vehicle. It looks tatty and old, but it's obviously got some pedigree. It's a 1949 Series 1 80 inch Land Rover. Um, it's one of the earlier models. Lights behind the grill, that's usually the sign. Um, it's actually, we've lacquered the whole thing. The customer wanted to retain the originality, but make it safe and strong and reliable. So we've made a load of new parts for it and aged them. Um, yeah, wonderful piece of history, really. And I suppose this is the kind of vehicle that got you enthusiastic about Land Rover. The classic Land Rover certainly did. My first was, in fact, a Series 2A um, from 1972. Um, and it wasn't until I was probably 18 or 19 that I, I really understood the Series 1. My father bought one out of uh, Apple Yards in Leeds. It had been in the showroom for years. And when the Discovery 1 became ever so popular, they were absolutely rammed with vehicles. And he got his opportunity to buy it from there. Um, so we had this wonderful Series 1 for a little while. But the, the Land Rover's just got this wonderful heritage. It's got this character. It's got this really calm attitude about it, full of defenderisms yeah um, we love them yeah we absolutely adore them yeah uh, and, and you know the original Land Rover said didn't they they made mechanics out of a lot of drivers oh yes but you have to be enthusiastic to go you with do it. you do tell us about how your business started it's 20 years old this year how did it all get going late 90s uh, we were using Land Rover Defender vehicles for work and for fun uh, we were doing a little bit of off-road competition father and I we were hungry for more power so we started looking to see what was available to, to eke a bit more power out of the, the vehicles we used um, came across a range of products eventually uh, made contact with certain people who enabled Twisted to evolve really and uh, we found that actually the, the products we were using people wanted to buy them so then we started to develop a few more and this ran alongside the main family business which was an off-road driving center um, so we were tuition, we were training, teaching people to use the Land Rover vehicles, both for work and for pleasure, uh, and, uh, and we were tuning them as well and looking for ways to improve them. And it kind of just evolved, you know, customers would ask us, oh, while you're putting this power upgrade on, can you make my seat better or can you make my suspension better or can we change the way that this does that? And they just tested us throughout and we're constantly developing and we're now building vehicles they can be on the ramp for three and four months. There's such an extensive build program. Um, and while it looks very similar to the original Defender, and that's really important, we maintain that style, it's a completely different vehicle underneath. Well, let's have a look at the workshops, find out how you do it, and have a look at the products. This vehicle is very different to what we've just seen, Charles. Uh, is this in its final iteration now? Still quite a bit of work to do. Um, Young Johnny's been working on this probably for most of two months now, I would think. Uh, started out life as a late model 2016 Defender 90 station wagon uh, with a standard 2.2 diesel and what have you. This is heading abroad, uh, one of many 
more than 50% of our vehicles now go abroad. This has got the uh, General Motors LS3, uh, 430 horse, uh, V8 petrol engine, uh, ULES free in London, uh, right. unlike the diesel. Um, completely revised driveline, completely revised suspension, uh, all completely rewired, huge amount of accessories, a big, long, intensive build. The production stopped in 2016, so where That's are you right. getting the feedstock for the base models? We still have a stock of vehicles from the end of production. Um, in 2014, I was invited by JLR to order our final stock, uh, and we ordered 240. It was a really interesting journey, one, uh, getting the order confirmed, um, to funding it and three working out where to park them all there are so few around in reality um, the way that we modify them the way that we build them we're enhancing the product we're not detracting from it if we think back 10 or 15 years a modified car was always worth less than an original stock vehicle and we've we've completely turned that on its head um, one of our vehicles uh, it's proven time and time again to be worth so much more than the stock vehicle. The stock vehicle itself has gone up in value significantly since the end of production. Charles, why do people spend a lot of money and buy these vehicles? I don't think the money is really relevant. I think the reality of what we do is we're producing a vehicle that represents something for someone. And whether it's going to live on a game reserve in Namibia or Ilkley, um, and be used as the Sunday car or Uzbekistan. It, it, every vehicle has a purpose. People aren't buying them for the sake of buying them. Every time we build one, the customer's got some real distinct ideas as to what they want to achieve from the vehicle. What's been the biggest issue you've felt in your business life, the difficulty you've had to overcome? You've got to be prepared to do a deal and you've got to be prepared to well, you need to be able to convince people and work with people, whether it be a bank, whether it be a, a member of staff, whether it be a new supplier. When we ordered all the vehicles, you know, finding a, a funder to fund 100% of the purchase cost of 240 outgoing vehicles, the value of which far exceeded the turnover of the company in the previous year. None of it made any sense, which is why it was so exciting to actually, you know, get that thing done. Well, here it is, Charles. This is one of your regular vehicles, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes. This one uh, is 12,000 miles. It's one I drive uh, most days. Yep. yep. When you turn the engine off, it made me realise that obviously these vehicles, attractive though they are, are running petrol or diesel. What are you going to do when the government insists that new cars are all electric? Ultimately, the legislation w will apply to newly produced vehicles, not pre-registered, which is what we always work with because they haven't built them for so many years. So we will still be able to supply petrol or diesel, but the reality is we need to keep up. Um, the environmental issues say that we ought to be looking at electric. We're ahead of the curve with that. In the next couple of months, we will have uh, an electric demonstrator. Uh, a company in Holland have been working very hard to develop uh, for us the electric driveline. Uh, and I'm very excited to get one on the road and, and, and drive it. You're also looking to the future with international markets. Uh, Clearly, the workshop here in North Yorkshire is humming along. I presume, though, if you were able to get these vehicles made in other countries, and, and you, you would have an even more resilient business. We're probably 60% exports at the moment. 
over the next couple of years, I think uh, export will grow dramatically. We have partnered with um, a, a, a team out of uh, Texas. Uh, we are already producing vehicles in Virginia um, and we are soon to be producing in the Middle East as well. It's quite an exciting time seeing the exponential growth of the brand and the business. And it doesn't all have to come through North Yorkshire, uh, which allows us to be a little bit more creative in North Yorkshire uh, and uh, work harder on the brand rather than just always building vehicles. Your product, and you personally, if I may say so, exude confidence. How have you managed to maintain this confidence approach during this pandemic? And what, what do you see the future as, as a result? We all have moments, and um, I, I've had my fair share. In, in reality, we, we need to always just look for the opportunity in, in whatever the situation we find ourselves in. And actually, some great stuff has come out of having some time to reflect. So many times in business we hear business owners saying, God, I wish I could just get off the wheel for a little while. I wish I could just have some time to think. The reality is you never get that time because there's always a business operating in the background. It's always on your mind. We've actually had in the last few months an opportunity to reflect and revisit some of our decisions uh, and create some new uh, ways forward. Charles Fawcett, thank you for joining us on Northern Business Leaders. Okay.